Oswald Chambers was a Scottish evangelist and preacher. And he said this about prayer. He said, prayer does not fit, uh, fit us for the greater work. Prayer is the greater work. Now we're in the middle of a series at the minute looking at about how can we become more fluent in understanding and in speaking the languages of prayer. How can we get more used to praying? What ways are there can we pray? How can we interact with God in different ways? And we've covered a couple already. We've covered thanksgiving. We've covered worship. We've covered intercession, praying on behalf of something or somebody else. And we've covered confession and repentance last week with Graham. And this week, I'm going to look at the language of revelation, which sounds like... Really, what it means is hearing from God. David writes this beautiful line in Psalm 27. I loved it. Verse 8, he's addressing it to God. He, said, he writes this, My heart has heard you say, come and talk with me. And my heart responds, Lord, I am coming. I want you to know that before we go any further this morning, the most foundational and important principle I can teach you today is that God wants to speak to you. He wants to have relationship with you. Revelation 3 verse 20, quite a famous verse. Jesus is talking in the vision that John has. And he says, look, I stand at the door and knock. If you hear my voice and open the door, I will come in and we will share a meal together. It's really important that we know that Jesus wants communion with us. He wants relationship. He wants to know you. He wants to be known by you. He wants to talk with you. He wants to chat with you. He's interested in you and he's interested in talking to you. So often in my prayer life, my prayers look less like having a meal with Jesus and more like going to a drive through where Jesus is serving me. I wonder if you can relate to this. I kind of pull up and I say, Lord, uh, can I get an order of uh, breakthrough in my situation, please? Uh, and can you throw in a side order of peace? And if you could chuck in some joy on top of that as well, to drink, I'll have a cup of blessing, sort of like stirred up, pressed down, shaken up and running over. That would be great. Thank you, amen. Bye. Anybody ever prayed like that before? And we missed the point of what prayer is all about, which is relationship. You know, my experience has taught me, and I will say this, that I'm not a fantastic prayer. I'm learning. I'm a pilgrim of prayer. I'm learning, I'm growing in prayer, but I'm not brilliant at it. And if anybody puts a hand up and says brilliant, it's something you have to work at in life. But what I've learned about prayer in my experiences is that prayers that are more transactional than relational are usually less transformational. That prayers that are more transactional, when I come to God looking to get something or for him to give me something, less than me just coming to be in relationship with him, transform me less of when I just want to be with him in his presence. I just want to sit around a table with him. Prayer is the conversation that's shared around the meal with our saviour. And you know what's amazing when we have the revelation that God listens to us? That is amazing. But even more life-changing than that is when we have the revelation that God wants to speak to us. He doesn't just want to listen. He's not just there listening here. He wants to speak into your life and into your situations. And that is really, really life-changing when we understand that as a principle. Okay, so we understand it's great, but how? How does God speak to us? Okay, Matthew 24, Jesus is talking to his disciples. He says this. He says, heaven and earth will disappear, but my words will never disappear. Who knows that we live in a generation right now where words don't always mean that much? 
Don't always mean as much. A world of fake news. A world where truth is so subjective. Thank goodness that God's ways are not our ways. His ways are not certainly not the world's ways. The Bible says that God is the same yesterday, today, and forever. The Apostle John introduces his account of Jesus' life with these words in John 1 verse 1. In the beginning, the Word already existed. And the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He's talking about Jesus there. The Word of God, it's important we understand, the Word of God and the character of God are one. You can't separate God from his words. Well, you can separate me from my words sometimes. Because sometimes my words might not always give me the best reflection of my character. But God's words and his character are completely intertwined. His words are his character and his character is found in his words. So the main way that we can hear God's voice is when we come to scripture. The words that he's given us in the Bible. Timothy, 2 Timothy chapter 3 says that all scripture is God breathed. Is God inspired. Okay, what does that mean for us? Well, it means for us that we will be taught, corrected, trained, and equipped. If you really want to sort of like hear God's voice in your life, and you're not reading your Bible, you need to start reading your Bible. And when I say reading or consuming the Bible, I don't necessarily mean reading. Maybe for you, reading something that's really difficult, very practically now. You find reading quite hard. There are so many brilliant resources out there now that if reading is something that you struggle with, that you can listen to a, a Bible. And I really encourage you, if that's something for you, and you find, you know what, I've heard churches say about read your Bible, and I just find it really hard. I would love to talk to you afterwards and give you some helpful hints and tips and practical places you can go, maybe that you could be able to sort of communicate and and get into God's word in a different way and find what suits best for you. If you've been a Christian a little while, you will understand that God speaks to us in his word. Great. But there's other ways he speaks to us as well. He speaks to us, here's some of them. Uh, He speaks to us through other people. You know, God speaks through other people. The great thing about coming to church is we can come together and we can share God's word with each other. That's great. Brilliant. Absolutely great. He speaks to us through dreams. I have to say I'm not a big dreamer. Um, Some people sort of like have these dreams that God speaks to them. That's not me, I'll be honest with you. And there's going to be some of the things that we run through here that you're going to resonate with more than others. There'll be some things you go, oh yeah, that kind of works for me. Maybe you look at the list and go, oh, none of that's for me. And I'll talk a little bit about why that might be a little bit later on. Music can speak, God can speak to us through music, sometimes through the words of a song. Worship music is great, uh, but sometimes God can just speak to us through any music. Sometimes He speaks to us through a melody. You ever had that happen before? Where kind of you've listened just to like a bit of a piano rift or something, and just kind of you feel God's presence in that um, melody. Creation, God can speak to us through creation. Jesus, all the time. I love what I love about Jesus is as He's walking with His disciples, He's looking at stuff and He's beginning to speak through the, the things they're seeing. A mustard seed, he speaks to his disciples through. A mountain, he speaks to his disciples through. You know, Jesus uses nature and creation. So creation, God can speak to us through creation. God can speak to us through situations. God can speak to us through situations in our lives, good situations, and sometimes more difficult situations. If you've been for a challenge before, sometimes a challenging situation, you'll know that God can sometimes speak the loudest in the most difficult of times. He can speak in our situations. He can speak in our thoughts, prompted by the Holy Spirit. Now, I believe this about our thoughts, is that we spend a lot of time in our thoughts. We spend a lot, a lot of time in our words, too much time in our words. But we spend a lot of time in our thoughts. And I believe that God wants to speak to us where we spend a lot of time. And so I believe that he wants to speak through the power of the Holy Spirit into our thoughts. I, I believe he can do that. There's a point in the Bible where the Pharisees are sort of like asking Jesus questions. And they're thinking with different intentions. And Jesus goes, I know what you're thinking. Jesus knows our thoughts and he can shape our thoughts and he can place thoughts in there. 
donkeys. <laughs> I like this one. In Numbers 22, God speaks through donkeys. Really interesting. I'll bring that one up to say I don't, exp- I don't want to encourage anybody here to be like, right, where's my nearest donkey? Uh, I need to hear who's, and you might be sitting next to a couple tonight today, but yeah. I'm joking. I'm joking. I'm jo- but the reason I bring that up is to say um, is that God can speak in the unexpected. And it's important we don't limit him just to this way or that way because he can speak in many ways, a lot of times in ways that we don't expect. I want to caveat just a couple of bits on that, is that God can use all of these ways to speak to us, but he always refer- we should always reference it back to number one, okay? Because God never speaks outside of his character, and we find his character in his words in the scripture. So God can speak to us through two, two through seven, absolutely fine, and more, but we should always benchmark it back to number one, because the scripture is our, is our base point. And if God's speaking to you outside of scripture, you need to ask the question if you think it's God speaking to you. Because he doesn't speak outside of his character and his character is found in his word. Does that make sense? Second caveat we need to have is that hearing from God, like I said, it's not about a method. It's about a relationship. Sometimes we can become religious in how we hear from God. You know, oh, well, 20 years ago, I used to love listening to Graham, Graham Kendrick. So every time now I need to hear from God, I get the Graham Kendrick CD on, and they'll wind the tapes or whatever you do. I don't know. What, um, <laughs> old, old, some of you might know what you'd have to do. Um, you know, it's all like, that's, that's, that's how he's going to speak to me today. It's like, you know, it's different. Relationships change. You know, I've been married to Chloe for almost a year now. Oh, I know. Thank you. Um, please pray for me. Um, <laughs> No, but, but you know what, it's been, it's been absolutely brilliant. And, and one of the things I've learned is, is that our communication looks different at different points. Our communication throughout a day is never the same. You know, sometimes, like she's in Aberdeen now visiting her sister, so we can't be face to face, so I ring her. I have to find, in relationship with somebody, you find ways to communicate in different ways. If we only, as in, a, in our marriage, said, okay, right, 5.30pm, after we come home from work, we're going to sit down at the table for an hour and we we'll have a conversation, and then you go your separate ways and I'll go my separate ways. That would be really weird. Just if, if that's you and your situation, we want to pray for you afterwards. Come down the front. But, you know, that's weird, right? It's weird. It's more like a business meeting than a marriage. Because it's a relationship. And we've got to learn that it's not about the method. It's about the relationship. You know, sometimes we have those people who we um, come to church with and they sit next to us. And we listen to them and they say, oh, you know what, I, I, was, just, I was just sort of like sat at home the other day and I thought the Lord speak to me. He said, go, go down to the beach. Uh, I went down to, you know, so they went down to the beach and they had this hot, amazing revelation. The heavens opened up and God's words spoke directly into them. And sometimes we're going, oh, okay, well, maybe I need to be going to the beach. Then you head down to the beach, it's pouring down with rain the whole time. Sort of like you get out of the car and step immediately in dog poo or something like that. And, you know, and it's just like, and you're thinking, like, why do you want to speak to me, God? Like, they, like, you spoke to that person like that and you didn't speak to me like that. Because he doesn't want to have the relationship he has with you via another person. That's their relationship. He wants to be in communion with you. And he wants to lead you and speak to you in the way that he wants to speak to you. Not in the way he speaks to the person sat next to you. And so we've got to learn to get away from just, just getting focused on a method. It's good to have these methods. It's good to try them. Oh, you know what? I've not heard from God in nature before. Maybe I'll go out for a walk uh, and I'll just pray, God, will you speak to me right now? That's great. Do it. But don't get caught up in it. Don't become religious about it. Maybe you're here today and you look at the list of things up there and you think, oh, oh that sounds really good, but actually none of them resonate with me. You know, or maybe they used to. Some of these ways used to resonate with me. But now, actually, I just feel like I can't hear from God at all. 
I'm struggling to hear from God. And I want to run through very quickly um, some ways um, that can, some things can stop us from hearing from God uh, as we should. Revelation 3, that verse again, tw- in, uh, verse 20. Look, I stand at the door and knock. If you hear my voice and open the door, I will come in and we will share a meal together. We know that sometimes there are things either can stop us from hearing God's voice or can stop us from opening the door. And that's what I want to talk about. Here's number one. Too much distance. What do I mean by that? Biblically, there's one thing that causes distance between us and God. Anybody know what it is? Sin. Just the bad stuff that we do. That we, not, we understand that God is so good and that we are not always that good. And in between us is our sin, the stuff we get wrong. We understand that in Jesus' death and resurrection, he has made a way that we can, that doesn't matter anymore. Because Jesus takes, in his death and resurrection, the sin, our sins, he dies for them and he overcomes them when he, when he, when he walks out of the grave on the third day. That's amazing news. Somebody give me an amen. Good. That's, ama- that's amazing news. But if we do not live in that work of Christ and we continue to live in our sin, we can still continue to live separate. Jesus says it like this, you can't have two masters. You'll love one and hate the other. It seems extreme, but what he's saying is you can't have two number ones. Somebody's number one and somebody's number two. If you have unrepented sin in your life, this can sometimes be a block. And I'll tell you why a lot of times, because with sin comes shame. They're like, they're like best buds. <laughs> when we get something wrong, shame comes in like you're a terrible person. And sometimes sin is the door. And that's the separate between us and God. Because Jesus is outside, sins the door. And shame is the thing that stops us from getting up and opening the door. Because we're like, he doesn't want to come in here. If he came in here, he wouldn't like it. But actually, you know what? To every single one of us today, Jesus says, look, I want a relationship with you. Bring me the brokenness. I want to forgive you. I want you to be free from, the, from all the stuff that's held you back before. And we have that through Jesus. Another one. Um, is too much noise, way too much noise. Mother Teresa said this, listen in silence, because if your heart is full of other things, you cannot hear the voice of God. Sammy, you have to jump up on the keys and I'll finish. We live in such a busy world. I don't have to tell you that. You walk outside, if you walk outside the doors right now, you just hear all the different, stop for a second, listen to all the different noises. Just noise here, noise there, noise everywhere. Um, and I find for me so much in my experience of prayer is I've got the best out of it when I've just stopped. And I've been silent. And you learn that actually in the silence to get past the awkwardness. Everybody ever feel, we feel awkward in silence. That's why we talk so much. It's like, oh, I don't want to be, oh, nothing's happening. So we keep praying and praying and we, come to, we end up turning God into a fast food merchant again. But actually we've just got to be silent and wait I have to say as well maybe this is different for you but my experience of hearing God is not in the big loud voice not in the and the Lord speaks to me for a cloud maybe that's for you and that's great but for me it's in the still small voice you know one of the reasons why I think that so many of us hear from God in the still small voice is because in order to do so we have to quiet everything else and just get past the noise for a second it requires us to draw close to him when somebody's whispers you've got to come a bit closer on you draw in to closeness and that's what God wants from us he doesn't want to just be another noise (laughs) in the world of a sea of distractions he wants to be 
the voice that we listen to? Am I the only one who's ever got into a situation and I want to, I want to pray? So I get down my knees. Okay, Lord, I'm going to pray for five minutes here. I start praying. Lord, 20 minutes later, I get up. I've sorted out my to-do list for the week. I've planned my meals. I've folded the washing that was next to me. And I've barely uttered a word to God. We understand that sometimes we try and pray in the noise. It's why so often that Jesus, time and time again, would take himself away to a quiet place and pray. And let me tell you that if Jesus did that to commune with the Father, then we need to do that as well. Because there's a lot of noise that we live in in the world. And we have to find our way of getting aside from that. Sometimes God will even draw us into places of quietness, wilderness or desert places. Sometimes, maybe you're here this morning and you feel, actually, you know what? I feel dry spiritually. I feel like I'm, I'm not connecting with God. Maybe I used to, maybe I never have, but I just feel like I, oh, I just, yeah, you know, I hear what you're saying, Josh, but I just, I just feel dry. I want to encourage you that I have been there. And I want to encourage you that God is working in the wilderness season of your life. There's this brilliant passage in Hosea 2, and Jesus, um, sorry, God is talking about the Israelites. He says, this, he says, I will lead her into the desert, talking about the Israelites, and speak tenderly to her there. Sometimes he takes us into difficult situations where we feel far, that we may grow in our dependency on him, that we may learn to listen to him as he speaks tenderly to our voice. Maybe you can resonate with that experience in life. The third reason sometimes we struggle to hear it, as A.W. Tozer put it, is most Christians don't hear God's voice because we've already decided we aren't going to do what he says anyway. We want to hear God's voice. It comes with a little bit of a side piece. We've got to be willing to surrender ourselves to it. God is not a vehicle. He's a driver. You are not a driver. You are a vehicle. We must understand that God's voice in our life demands surrender. Jesus, in John 10, he says, My sheep hear my voice and I know them. And they follow me. We watch Jesus' relationship with the disciples. It's amazing. They're eating fish together, fish and chips on the beach. They're chatting. They're, in, they're sort of loving each other. They're looking after each other. It's amazing. But they've also, he's also challenging them. He's demanding complete surrender from them. James 1 says we shouldn't just be hearers of the word. We've got to be doers of the word as well. Somebody cries out in the crowd once when Jesus is preaching. They say this, they say, Blessed is the mother who raised you. Jesus says, even more blessed are those who hear the word of God and put it into practice. What's he saying? He says it's good to steward the word. We know that in John 1, the word of God is Jesus. Mary had stewarded the word. She had looked after Jesus. She had looked after the word. She kept it. She raised it well. Jesus says, look, it's great to do that. It's great to read our Bible. It's great to meditate on our Bible. It's great to study our Bible. But better than all of that is to live it, is to do it, is to put it into practice. That's where the real power is. I'm going to finish with a question, if that's okay. And then we'll do a very brief reflective activity. And the question is, I want you to take this question away in two weeks. And I want you to really think about this. And I hope it challenges you. Because it does me. The question is, are you really ready? to hear the word of God whatever it may be 
would you walk away? If he spoke to you something that you weren't really willing to change or willing to do something with. When the rich ruler comes to Jesus, he says, look, what must I do to inherit eternal life? He says, you've got to do the, the, you know, the commandments. You know, only your father and mother. He says, I've done all that. It's great. He says, okay, give up everything and follow me. And the rich ruler walked away sad. Are you willing to give up everything? Are you willing to surrender yourself to the word of God, the voice of God this morning? I want to finish just with a really simple activity just to reflect on. So I want you to turn your Bibles to John chapter 10. I'm going to read verse 1 to 10. It's going to come up on the screen as well. Sorry, it's a little bit small. And what we're going to do is we're going to give some time here. I want you to... I'm not going to read this to you. I want you to read this yourself. I'm going to give the space and all that's going to happen is Sammy's just going to play in the background. And I want you to really read this passage and then just ask God a very simple question. God, will you speak to me right now through this passage? Pray before you read it. God, will you speak to me in this passage? Read it. Pray again. Maybe you need to deal with some distractions before you do or some sin. If that's you and you know there's something that you feel convicted, there's sin in my life that's separating me and me from hearing God, just deal with it before you read and then just read and just trust. I believe that God wants to speak to us just through this passage and then when it's right, Anna will just kind of send it out and then she'll start singing, we'll stand and we'll sing together. Is that right? So very simply, just John 10, 1 to 10, you read it and ask that very simple question as a prayer. God, will you speak to me through this passage right now?